Welcome to Accession. Today, we're at the Worcester Art Museum in Worcester, Massachusetts. Head to the staircase by the library and take the right path as you go up the stairs until just in front of you are a few pieces of marble. One should immediately jump out at you as looking like a tombstone with a face carved into it, pressing out of it, with clouds all around and a helmet upon his brow. Spooky, I know. This is the piece that we are here for today. But we're not going to talk about the history or the artist. Instead, we're going to approach this sculpture with a poem, a play, and a song. Today, we're looking at Worcester Art Museum, accession number 1916.20, Thomas Gould's The Ghost in Hamlet. What are you that usurps this time of night? Are you a spirit of health or a goblin damned? The airs from heaven or blasts from hell? I stand here, as close as they will let me stand, and stare upon you as some kind of contradiction. So clearly a sculpture, so clearly a ghost. You, a spirit of light as the air, invulnerable, formed into marble jaws as the stone, immovable. Our blows all the more vain, malicious mockery, and yet you are ready for parl, with your frown sheathed in a mustache that turns to wisp and cloud, revealed by the eyes, fixed, looking low yet still, guarded in shadow by the visor, raised high. How many walk past you and avert their eyes? They turn their heads away quickly in fear, as soon as they see what grief you might cause. Air, stone, spirit, goblin, heaven and hell, a frown in the face of war and vengeance, at once sinking deeper into the marble and pressing against your entombment, most foul, strange, unnatural, and intriguing. I beg of you, spirit, harrow upon my soul, freeze my young blood with your light words. If you could but tell me the secrets of your prison house, my eyes might be like stars, free. I know you are stone, but take breath and whisper, so one of us may walk with the wonders of beyond. It is the plight of my age. We know so much. Volumes have been written on you and your son. How many times has your likeness been formed, and here again before my very eyes, but still, your otherworldly secrets remain just that. 
I am not. I am but a Horatio. You wait for Hamlet. But stay, illusion. If you have any sound or voice, stay. Speak, speak, I charge thee, speak, speak to me. The glowworm shows the matin to be near and begins to pale his uneffectual fire. The museum is closing, and the guard is wondering why I have stood here with you for hours, sketching, scratching, muttering, wondering. Adieu, adieu. Hamlet, remember me. The air bites shrewdly. It is very cold. It is a nipping and an eager air. What hour now? I think it lacks of twelve. No, it is struck. What does this mean, my lord? The king doth wake tonight and take his rouse, keeps wassail, and the swaggering upspring reels. And as he drains his draughts of Rhenish down, the kettle drum and trumpet thus bray out the triumph of his pledge. Is it a custom? I marry, is it? But to my mind, though I'm native here and to the manor born, it is a custom more honoured in the breach than the observance. This heavy-handed revel east and west makes us traduced and taxed of other nations, the form of plausive manners that these men, carrying, I say, the stamp of one defect, being nature's livery or fortune's star, their virtues else, be they as pure as grace, as infinite as man may undergo, shall, in the general censure, take corruption from that particular fault. The dram of ale doth all the noble substance of a doubt to his own scandal. Look, my lord, it comes. Angels and ministers of grace defend us. Be thou a spirit of heath or goblin damned, bring with thee airs from heaven or blasts from hell. Be they intense wicked or charitable. Thou comest in such a questionable shape that I will speak to thee. I'll call thee Hamlet, King, Father, Royal Dane. Oh, answer me! Let me not burst in ignorance, but tell why thy canonized bones, hursed in death, have burst their cerements. Why the sepulchre, wherein we saw thee quietly interned, hath oped his ponderous and marbled jaws to cast thee up again. What may this mean? That thou, dead course again in complete steel, revisits thus the glimpses of the moon, making night hideous and we fools of nature, so horridly to shake our disposition with thoughts beyond the reaches of our souls. Say, why is this? Wherefore? What should we do? It beckons you to go away with it, as if it's some impartment did desire to you alone. Look with what courteous action it waves you to a more removed ground. But by no means do not go with it. It will not speak. Then I will follow it. Do not, my lord. Why? What should be the fear? I do not set my life at a pin's fee. 
And for my soul, what can it do to that, being a thing immortal as itself? It waves me forth again. I'll follow it. What if it tempts you toward the flood, my lord? Or to the dreadful summit of the cliff that beetles o'er his base into the sea? And there assumes some other horrible form, which might deprive your sovereignty of reason and draw you into madness. Think of it. The very place puts toys of desperation without more motive into every brain that looks so many fathoms into the sea and hears it roar beneath. It waves me still. Go on. I'll follow thee. You shall not go, my lord. Hold off your hands. Be ruled, you shall not go. My fate cries out and makes each petty artery in this body as hardy as the Neiman lion's nerve. Still, I am called. Unhand me, gentlemen. By heaven, I'll make a ghost of him that lets me. I say away, go on, I'll follow thee. He waxes desperate with imagination. I must follow. Tis not fit thus to obey him. Something is rotten in the state of Denmark. Where wilt thou lead me? Speak. I'll go no further. Mark me. I will. My hour's almost come. When I to sulfurous and tormenting flames must render up myself. Alas, poor ghost. Pity me not, but lend thy serious hearing to what I shall unfold. Speak, I am bound to hear. So art thou to revenge when thou shalt hear. What? I am thy father's spirit, doomed for a certain term to walk the night, and for the day confined to fast in fires, till the foul crimes done in my days of nature are burnt and purged away. But that I am forbid to tell the secrets of my prison house. I could a tale unfold whose lightest words would harrow up thy soul, freeze thy young blood, make thy two eyes like stars start from their spheres. Thy knotted and combined locks to part and each particular hair to stand on end like quills upon the fretful porpentine. But this eternal blazon must not be to ears of flesh and blood. List, list, O oh list, if thou didst ever thy dear father love. O oh God. Revenge his foul and most unnatural murder. Murder? Murder most foul, as in the best it is. But this most foul, strange and unnatural. Haste me to know it, that I with wings as swift, as meditation or the thoughts of love may sweep to my revenge. I find thee apt, and duller shouldst thou be than the fat weed that roots itself in ease on Leith Wharf, wouldst thou not stir in this. Now, Hamlet, here, tis given out that sleeping in my orchard, a serpent stung me. 
So the whole era of Denmark is by a forged process of my death, rankly abused. But know, thou noble youth, the serpent that did sting thy father's life now wears his crown. Oh, my prophetic soul, my uncle. I, that incestuous, that adulterate beast, with witchcraft of his wit, with traitorous gifts, oh, wicked wit and gifts that have the power so to seduce, one to his shameful lust, the will of my most seeming virtuous queen. Oh, Hamlet, what a falling off was there from me, whose love was of that dignity that it went hand in hand, even with the vow I made to her in marriage, and to decline upon a wretch whose natural gifts were poor to those of mine. But virtue, as it never will be moved, though lewdness courted in a shape of heaven, so lust, though to a radiant angel linked, will sate itself in a celestial bed and pray on garbage. But soft, methinks I sent the morning air. Brief let me be. Sleeping within my orchard, my custom always of the afternoon, upon my secure hour thy uncle stole, with juice of cursed Hebanon in vile, and in the porches of my ears did pour the leprous distillment, whose effect holds such enmity with blood of man, that swift as quicksilver it courses through the natural gates and alleys of the body. With sudden vigor doth posit and curd like eager droppings into milk the thin and wholesome blood, so did it mine. And the most instant tetter barked about, most lazar-like with vile and loathsome crust, all my smooth body. <laughs> Thus was I sleeping by my brother's hand of life, of crown, of queen, at once dispatched, cut off even in the blossoms of my sin, unhouseled, disappointed, unannulled, no reckoning made, but sent to my account, with all my imperfections on my head. Oh, horrible, oh, horrible, most horrible. If thou hast nature in thee, bear it not. Let not the royal bed of Denmark be a couch for luxury and damned incest. But howsoever thou pursuest this act, in not thy mind, nor let thy soul contrive against thy mother aught. Leave her to heaven, and those thorns that in her bosom lodge to prick and sting her. Fare thee well at once. The glowworm shows the matin to be near, and gins to pale its ineffectual fire. Adieu, adieu, Hamlet, remember me. O oh, all you host of heaven, O oh, earth, what else, and shall I couple hell? O oh, fie, hold, hold my heart, and you, my sinews, grow not instant old, but bear me stiffly up. Remember thee, I, thou poor ghost, while memory holds a seat in this distracted globe. Remember thee, 
Yeah, from the table of my memory, I'll wipe away all trivial, fond records. All sores of books, all forms, all precious past that youth and observation copied there. And thy commandment, all alone, shall live within the book and volume of my brain, unmixed with baser matter. Yes, by heaven, O oh, most pernicious woman, O oh, villain, villain, smiling, damned villain. My table's meet it is I set it down, that one may smile and smile and be a villain. At least I'm sure it may be so in Denmark. So, uncle, there you are. Now to my word it is adieu, adieu. Remember me. I have sworn it. My lord! My lord! So be it. Lord Hamlet! Hello! Ho! Ho! My lord! Hello! Ho! Ho! Boy! Come, bird, come. How is it, my noble lord? What news? Oh, wonderful. Good, my lord. Tell it. No, you'll reveal it. Not I, my lord. By heaven! How say you, then? Would heart of man once think it? But you'll be secret. Aye, by heaven, my lord. There's ne'er a villain dwelling in old Denmark, but he's an arrant knave. There needs no ghost, my lord, come from the grave to tell us this. Why right, you are at the right, and so, without more circumstance at all, I hold it fit that we shake hands and part. You, as your business and desire shall point you, for every man has business and desire, such as it is, and for mine own poor part, look you, I'll go pray. These are but wild and whirling words, my lord. I'm sorry they offend you heartily, yes faith heartily. There's no offence, my lord. Yes, by St. Patrick, but there is, Horatio, a much offence, too. Touching this vision here, it is an honest ghost that let me tell you, for your desire to know what is between us, oh, master it as you may. And now, good friends, as you are friends, scholars, and soldiers, give me one poor request. What is it, my lord? We will. Never make known what you've seen tonight. My lord, we will not. Nay, but swear it. In faith, my lord, not I. Upon my sword. I have sworn, my lord, already. Indeed, upon my sword. Indeed. Swear. Ah, boy, sayest thou so? Art thou there, true penny? Come on. You hear this fellow in the cellarage? Consent to swear. Propose the oath, my lord. Never to speak of this that you have seen. Swear by my sword. Swear. Hikeubik, then we'll shift our ground. Come hither, gentlemen, and lay your hand again upon my sword. Never to speak of this that you have heard. Swear by my sword. Swear. Well said, old man. Canst work at the earth so fast? A worthy pioneer. Once more remove, good friends. Oh, day and night, this is wondrous strange. And therefore, as a stranger, give it welcome. There are more things in heaven and earth, Horatio, than are dreamt of in your philosophy. But come, here as before, never so help you mercy. How strange or odd soe'er I bear myself, as I perchance hereafter shall think meet to put an antic disposition on, that you, at such time seeing me, never shall with arms encumbered thus, or this headshake, 
or by pronouncing of some doubtful phrase. As well, well, we know, or we could, and if we would, or if we list to speak, or there be, and if there might, or such ambiguous giving out to note that you know aught of me, this not to do. So grace and mercy at your most need help you. Swear. Rest. Rest, perturbed spirit, thy swear so, Horatio. With all my love, I do commend me to you. And what so poor a man as Hamlet is may do to express his love and friending to you, God willing, shall not lack. Let us go in together and still your fingers on your lips, I pray. The time is out of joint. A cursed spite that ever I was born to set it right. Nay, come, let's go together. life I sing, his story shall my pen mark. He was not the king, but Hamlet, prince of Denmark. His mama was young, the crown she had her eyes on. Her husband stopped her tongue, she stopped his ears with poison. much as brother, and having slain one spouse, she quickly got another, and this so soon she did, and was so great a sinner, the funeral baked meats, so for the wedding dinner, Sweet her son, no bully or bravado, of love felt hot the flame, and so went to Bernardo. Oh sir, says one, we've seen a sight with monstrous sad eye, and this was nothing but the ghost of Hamlet's dad eye. Just at the time it rose, and sighing said, Lest have me, your mother is the snake that poisoned me, or damn me, and now I've gone below. All over sulphurous flame, boy, that your dad should be on fire, you'll owe a burning shame, boy. Just at the time he spoke, the morn was backing through, Dell off jumped a cock and cried, Cock-a-doodle-doo, well, I'm now cocksure of going, preserve you from all evil, you to your mother walk, and I'll walk to the devil, to a little lady, roll rum She never played tricks, cause nobody had asked her Madness seized her wits, poor Lord Chamberlain's daughter She jumped into a pond, and went to heaven by water No matter now for that 
play they made and shammed it The audience Claudius was And he got up and damned it He vowed he'd see no more He felt a wondrous dizziness And then for candles called To make light of the business A fencing match had they The queen drinks as they try to She says, oh king, I'm killed And says, Lerti, so am I too And so am I, cries Ham What can all these things true be? What are you, debt as the king? Yes, sir, and so shall you be. So then he stabbed his liege, then fell on Ophi's brother. And so the Danish court all tumbled one on t'other to celebrate these deeds, which are from no false shamlet. Every village small, henceforth was called a hamlet. Tooraloraleti, rorumpty oody, tweedledeedleary, forumpty doodle. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Accession. I guess I need to do a proper credits on this one. The poem, The Marble Ghost, was written, performed, and edited by me, T.H. Ponders. Hamlet, Act 1, Scene 4, and 5 were written by some guy named William Shakespeare and adapted for audio by me, T.H. Ponders. Hamlet was played by Beth Crane, Horatio was played by Jack Carmichael, and King Hamlet's Ghost was played by Hedley Knights. It was sequenced by Beth Crane, sound edited by Headley Knights, and finally, sound designed, edited, and produced by me, T.H. Ponders. Hamlet, a comic song, has words by George Cruikshank, melody composed by me, T.H. Ponders, arranged and performed by Casey Dawson, with myself on vocals, and recorded, edited, and mixed by Casey Dawson. I obviously have a lot of special thanks to give out here. First of all, I would like to thank Beth Crane, who played Hamlet, Headley Knights, who played King Hamlet, and Jack Carmichael, who played Horatio. Beth Crane and Headley Knights run Battle Bird Productions, which make two of my absolute favorite shows. We Fix Space Junk, a delightful, whimsical space comedy that finds itself between old Doctor Who and Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, and the Hembra Writing Podcast, a sort of audio zine that features the writing of female and non-binary authors. Please go listen to them both, as their shows are absolutely incredible. I also have to thank Casey Dawson, who helped out tremendously with Hamlet, a comic song. I found the lyrics on an old print from the Wham, composed a tune for them to go to, and Casey magically took the tune I had written and arranged and recorded it beautifully, even bringing me into the studio to sing and coaching me through that process. I had so much fun working on this episode. So if you liked this episode and want to help me continue to make more like it, head over to patreon.com slash accessionfm, where you can find bonus episodes, behind-the-scenes content, and even get postcards and stickers from me. Once again, that's patreon.com slash accessionfm. Casey Dawson also provided the recording, editing, and mixing talents to the drumbeat you're hearing right now, which was performed by Mike Harmon. You can hire Casey to make music for you at caseydawsonsound.com. The show art is made by the indelible V. Silverman, who you can hire to make art for you at vcsilverman.com. They also make Fuzzy Logic, which remains my favorite comedy podcast and a bi-weekly treat. Accession is written, recorded, edited, and produced by me, T.H. Ponders. You can follow me most places at T.H. Ponders, 
and you can follow the show most places at Accession FM. And as always, you can find the notes to the show, links to the art, and maybe a few other goodies on our website at accession.fm. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish.